0: Welcome back everybody, Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now, Our guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue, tell Chris and Chef LTAP that Oilers Now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. As we go to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky, it's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today, and we welcome back to the show the general manager, of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill. Hello, Kurt. How you doing? Doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, a year ago, it was your team with uh, a bunch of first-round picks and several members of uh, Team Canada and the World Juniors uh, heading off. Now, you had some injuries, uh, but you had a real good year and ultimately came up uh, short at the Memorial Cup. I might assert to you, Kurt, this year Seattle had even a deeper team, six guys from Team Canada uh, on their team, and ultimately the Ramparts shut them down when it counted 5 nothing. and now no WHL team's won the Memorial Cup championship since 2014, the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, the last team in the West, only one championship in the last 15 years. Is this Should this be a concern at all for the WHL, Kurt?
1: You know, I think it's, again, at, at the end of the day for teams in our league, I mean, you're trying to, majority of teams in our league are trying to to build their teams to win WHL championships. And, you know, they, we, we've now started to see the trend, I think the last couple of years more where teams are loading up to really give themselves a chance from the West to win a Memorial cup. Now, um, you know, last year we did it this year, Seattle did it. We both come up short. Um, I, you know, I think Seattle gave themselves one of the best chances to do it. And they got to the final game. And, you know, in my opinion, they, they kind of laid, laid an egg in the last game. They just didn't have their best game. Millich was just okay. They're big guys. They didn't create any offense and, you know, credit to Quebec for what they did. But I do think that, you know, Seattle was, was right there and it's just, uh, they had a bad game at a bad time.
0: So we've discussed this in the past and, you know, I, I wasn't good enough to play in the WHL. There were 12 teams in the WHL when I was playing for the Southside Athletic Club. And and to be honest with you, I wasn't close. Um, There's 22 teams in the league now. Even I, I look back in 1991... Because the Spokane Chiefs, to me, that was, you know, Max, he was coach. Brian Maxwell was coaching that team. And there was a moment where they were playing Shakutami and they had a five-on-five line brawl. And the five kids from the West were all pumping the kids from uh, Shakutami. And and Spoke had, you know, they had Whitney and Falloon and they could score. And and then Kamloops won in 90, you know, Spoke won in 91. Kamloops won 92, 94, 95. Portland won in 98. Um, in 2001, it was uh, Red Deer. In 2002, it was Kootenay. In 04, it was Kelowna. You know, uh, 07, it was Vancouver. I might have missed. And then in 08, it was Sp- like the league dominated. They won 16 out of 26 championships from 83 to 08. Um, do you think expansion has played a factor in why there's only been one championship? Has it has it weakened the depth and the talent pool in the in the Western Hockey League when they've uh, expanded to 22 teams, Kurt?
1: I mean, it could be twofold. I mean, if you you go on sheer population base, and obviously here in the West, the population isn't nearly what it is in Ontario. And I mean, even Quebec would be a little bit ahead in in an area. like So from that aspect, I mean, the depth is certainly in the OHL. I think the depth from that perspective could be, is probably better. Um, You know, as our depth here... Um, with more teams, I mean, obviously, if you, you eliminate teams, there's always going your depth is always going to be better. But you know, at the end of the day, I think I think the other leagues adjusted, Bob. Like we won 16 to 26, like you say, they adjusted to really load teams up. And I think that wasn't really the norm out here in the West to really go and make deals and load teams up. And I think this is a new age thing out here where teams are just starting to figure this out and starting to do this more now. To, for teams in the west to get back and compete, and you know I think now um you know other than teams that have hosted it I mean we're seeing that the teams that host always have loaded up in in certain specific years, but now you see other teams loading up or multiple teams so I think you know I think we're just figuring this part out here and we're there's going to be a run where some Western League teams are going to get back, and there's going to this streak's going to end here pretty soon, in my opinion.
0: Kurt Hill's the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They won the WHL championship a year ago. Uh, you didn't have Dylan Gunther at the Memorial Cup tournament. The guy was your best goal scorer. The team came up short, but you guys weren't right for that tournament, were you?
1: You know, the surprising thing, and since I've been the GM here, you know, you. I've worried a lot more about the, your defense core and the stress on those guys to get through seasons and to get through a playoff run with them staying healthy. Like, that's where it seems like that's the most of the stress and the injury concern comes from, um, you know, even around the league from what I've seen. But, yeah, it just seemed like for us it was our forward core that got extremely banged up. And that Seattle series last year was a dogfight, and I think both teams were, you know, we laid it on the line, both of us. and you know, at the end of the day, we were extremely, extremely banged up going to the Memorial Cup. But, you know, I I give our – we talked about the depth, and it's funny because when we went to the Memorial Cup, our depth scored six of our nine goals, our bottom six forwards, which, you know, I if I was a betting man, I wouldn't have said that was going to happen going into the tournament. But, you know, the Tyler Horsemans, and, you know, we got a goal from Cole Miller there. It's, those guys showed up and played some pretty significant minutes for us and kept us in some games. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think – some of our big gu- guns were out of gas, and not having Gunther I mean, really affected the power play. At the end of the day, you lose your trigger man. Um, it just never seemed like we got that fluidity going again on the power play.
0: Well, you know, it's crazy, Kurt. I mean, you look at Seattle, and they had two games where they scored six goals, right? Like, they beat uh, Peterborough 6-3. And Peterborough was a surprise, though they had some good players. They were surprised. Utterly OHL this year. Uh, but they beat Peterborough 6-3. And they beat Kamloops six-one. And if I told you at the start of the tournament that you know they'd go three and two in the tournament, and, would, and they beat uh, Peterborough again four-one, that they'd only get one goal combined from Lambert, Gunther, and Reed Schaefer, three first rounders, all played in the World Juniors. Uh, Lambert played for Finland. You would have said I was crazy, right? Like they'd play five games, but they'd only get one goal from those three guys. I mean. There you
1: go. Well, those guys were extremely... They were really good for them throughout the entire playoff run, too. And, you know, from a... I would have been very surprised if he told me, yeah, they got one goal in the tournament. But, I mean credit to the other teams you know they had game plans to keep those guys off the score sheets and when you get to the memorial cup you know the i'm going through those rosters in the top 4d on each of those teams is extremely good and you know those matchups get tougher for those guys but you still think you get more than a goal but the reality is it's short-term comp if you don't get off to that you know if you just don't get your mojo going it can be the tournament just can you get caught behind in the tournament and you just never seem to catch back up and that could have been what happened with some of those big guns
0: you know, the irony of it, Kurt, is in, I was hosting orders now uh, when M- Edmonton went You know, in, in 2012 and 2014. Nobody thought Edmonton was going to win the Memorial Cup in 2014. Like, you guys were the favorite last year. Seattle was the favorite this year. Um, Quebec has now won four consecutive tournaments, albeit over six years, because we didn't play for a couple years. And you guys might have—you you can educate our listeners here. Did you have a deeper team, do you think? in the 2021 alberta bubble year than you did in 2122.
1: well i think the biggest thing and we've chatted about this is that our we had more of a homegrown team in my opinion like we had a group of guys that have been together they've been drafted together they were all here Um, for an extended amount of time so I think, you know, the next year we brought in multiple guys via trade to try to, you know, load up where we had lost some of those important pieces and then we're trying to add and add and get better and better where that year I mean, we made the one big trade to bring in Kate Oliver to have a number one center for Gunther Neighbors and then we probably in all, like, in fairness to that group maybe you need one more forward and just one D. We needed to add one D to our top four only and we were going to have to load up nearly as much, I think, to, to really push the year before.
0: We're joined by, uh, Edmonton oil Kings, general manager, Kurt Hill. So Kurt, uh, suffice to say this year didn't go the direction that you wanted to go. You gave up the the first rounder to get Caden Gooley, uh, who you won a WHL championship. I don't think you guys thought it was going to be a top end pick. It ended up being a top end pick. You ended up getting a first rounder and another deal made. You, you moved some of your guys, um, how, uh, how would you assess the overall season it was for the Edmonton Oil Kings?
1: You know, overall, this is what I'll say. Like, early on, when, when Demick was injured early in the last summer, like in a group, we had a hockey operations meeting um, with the coaching staff, and we calculated the plan that, okay, we just lost our 25-minute center every night. Um, you know, Weeb was hurt. He wasn't going to start the season. We have two of our top line out. So we really made the decision as a group that we were gonna, we were gonna calculate this and we were gonna we're gonna get our assets back and more and plus, and that's really what we did. Um, Now, in saying that, did I did I think it was gonna be as hard as it was to go through a year like that? No, I would I would certainly be more prepared for that in the future. It's my first time going through that because it's a difficult process to, you know, it's hard on your coaching staff, it's really hard on the guys in the room, um, and it's really hard to trade all those important players away who you have strong relationships with that helped you win but i think you know as we go through this the next couple of years and the amount of assets we have even just the draft we had this year um you know you you can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel but when you're in it you're in the middle of a 10-win season it's uh, it's harder than i thought it was going to be i'll say that
0: all right uh you did make a, a couple trades to address uh, and bring in a couple uh, solid 20-year-old players. So let's start there in terms of the impact of adding uh, Litkey and Lajois.
1: Yeah, well, certainly Mark as is, a, you know, in my, in my opinion, one of the, the premier defensemen that was available um, this year, like to, to add as a 20-year-old, if not the best, that was even going to be available in the market. So, um, you know, he's a guy that's played over 250 games in the league as a captain, you know and with him the biggest upside is just the, the experience with how young our decor is going to be and he can play on the power play can kill penalties you know he's just going to be that solid guy that can play 25 plus a night and and really give us that leadership in the room um and then on the licky front you know he's kind of one of those forwards that we've we've tried to target in the past when when it was Sawchuk or kate oliver and you know maybe somebody who's been Caught behind the forward group on some teams that are quite deep. And, you know, Portland's done a great job with recruiting American players and and having a pretty deep forward group. And, you know, Licky is, um, he's got a great shot. He's got great offensive instincts. And we just felt, we just feel there's a lot more there with this player offensively. And uh, we certainly need to address scoring goals next season. We thought he'd be a great player to compliment a guy like Hodnett, who's a pure passer and has some finish as well.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, Colby Miller before. He had a real good Memorial Cup a year ago. He is draft eligible this year. Are he and Kowalik the maybe your most likely guys that might potentially get drafted?
1: Yeah, no, certainly Miller's got uh, you know, there's lots of teams asking questions on him and Kowalik, like you said. I think, you know, if I'm the guy that i would say most nhl teams ask questions about is port Okay. Uh, i would say he would be the guy that you know from from the masses of nhl teams which you know if you're asking about all of them, the majority of teams are asking questions on him so um, and he had a terrific campaign once we got him from red deer unfortunately had the injury to end the season in february but he was i mean that really hurt us once he went down um but yeah he's a He's a player with a ton of upside, and I think a lot of NHL teams see that.
0: All right. Uh, Vern Fiddler is uh, well known here in the marketplace. Um, his son was drafted. Where'd you guys end up taking him in the U.S. draft? He was first overall. Okay. And he has committed to you. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. Uh, so will, uh, is he expected to be on the team this season?
1: He will be on the team this season, yeah. He was uh, just because he's a U.S. player. Like he was, he, we had signed him previous to last season, but they're not allowed to play. At 15, if they're from the U.S., so he would have played games for us last season. But he's this with how the rules work; he's not eligible to. But he'll be 16 on our team this year. Yes.
0: Okay. Well. Uh, so, what transpired? What's up next for the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt?
1: You know, I think a lot of attention right now is probably gearing towards uh, the CHL Import Draft. You know, we're and even just accumulating our, our list for training camp. I think there's an opportunity to create a lot of really good competition here. Um, with our group and bring some free agents to training camp and. Where do you, you know, sorry? Where do you draft in the import draft? The import draft, we pick third overall, so very okay. important pick for us.
0: Okay, and how much consultation takes place potentially with agents, uh, and also guys that maybe have been drafted? Are we talking guys that could theoretically be drafted in the NHL?
1: Yeah, depending what age you want to go with. But yeah, our, our import drafts, not till after the NHL draft. So there'll, there'll be some guys that are picked probably, you know, in that NHL draft and selected in our draft a few days later.
0: So obviously you got Port as one of your guys, and then you've got a spot for another.
1: Yeah, we talked to Luka Hoff at the end of the season and told him we would be trying to find him a new home. And just, you know, nothing against Luca, We would have brought him back. But when you're picking third overall, it's an opportunity to, to – really try to knock one out of the park, which we're going to
0: try to do here. Great stuff. Kurt, thanks for the update. Thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Kurt Hill. He's the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He joined us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. You can donate your way in for as little as $10 to the Wildfire Benefit Concert with Honeymoon Suite. It takes place Friday, July 14th. 100% of the funds benefit the Red Cross Alberta Wildlife Relief. Uh, Visit RiverCreerresort.com for more information. Again, you can donate your way in for as little as 10 bucks to the Wildfire Benefit Concert with Honeyween, Honeymoon Suite. Visit rivercareerresort.com for more information. 150 in Edmonton, this is Oilers Now. Had the uh, Texan last night in the humble stoffer boat in the city south side from Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. They get their new boneless wings for $13.95 or $16 for $25.95. You can visit royalpizza.ca. I'm also a big fan of the Mediterranean chicken. Royal Pizza Edmonton owned and operated for 50-plus years, 14 locations in the Edmonton region. Let's go to to Listian Orders history for New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979, book your vacation today at NewWestTravel.com. Here's Brendan. 2008, the Oilers trade their third rounder from 2005, Danny Sivret, to the Flyers for Ryan Patalny. Patalny played 72 games for the Oilers over two seasons, scored 15 goals, 20 assists, left for Chicago as a free agent before the 2010-2011 season. And you almost heard me drop uh, something bomb on the air during the break because there was a player that... um a smaller bit piece that I was hoping Edmonton might be able to gather uh, from Philadelphia. It ain't going to come to fruition. The Kings got him. Here is the trade in its entirety Philadelphia trades Ivan Provorov and Hayden Hodson. We talked about Hayden Hodson in the past. He was on an AHL deal. He was getting some interest around the league. He played with Connor McDavid in Erie. Philadelphia trades. Ivan Provorov and Hayden Hodson to LA in exchange for Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, Helge Grands, and a second round pick from the Kings. Columbus acquires Kevin Connaughton from Philadelphia in exchange for a 2023 first round pick, 22nd overall, and a conditional second round pick in either 4 or 5 And then Columbus acquires Provorov, Ivan Provorov from LA in exchange for Connaughton. so basically, what does that mean? The Kings, Philadelphia ends up getting, uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, Columbus acquires Provorov as part of a three-team trade, uh, and the LA Kings in exchange for a first-round pick in 2023 and a conditional second-round pick in either 2024 or 2025. Philadelphia, hmm. interesting trade when it's all chic. Anyways, Hayden Hodson is a hard-nosed, he's a, he's a fighter, he's a lefty, and he scored like 19 goals last year in the American League, and I was he's on a one-way next year. So Connaughton, if I'm reading this right, Connaughton and Hodson go to the LA Kings organization, and then they eat a bunch of the salary on uh, Provorov, and LA dumps... Um, ends up dumping both Walker and Peterson to the Flyers, and the Flyers get a first-rounder and a second-rounder in the trade. There you have it. That's the deal. Reed Wilkins has inside Sports tonight. What's he got shaking? He certainly does. You'll hear from uh, former Edmonton football team defensive back, 1993 Grey Cup champion Trent Brown. How about that, Bob? And uh, the Elks this week uh, makes its return to the airwaves. Morley Scott joined by Elks head coach Chris Jones and Elks color analyst uh, Dave Campbell here on 630 Chad, uh, There you go. Wow. Um, crazy stuff. <laughs> I'm just looking at this trade. It's interesting. You started... With it tragically hip and you ended it with it. Well done, Brendan. We'll be back tomorrow. Guests will include for Wow Factor Desserts, Brian Lawton, Mark Spector, David Staples. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Chelsea on Chet with Chelsea Bird, 3 to 6. Back at you tomorrow. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody.